Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by the CEO of Ocklo, Mel O'Connor. Mel, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, Connor. Thank you. Uh, Mel, firstly, I mean, tell us about Ocklo. Tell us what it is and how the vision for Ocklo came about. Uh, it's a massive long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Uh, I'll, I'll simplify it. Um, I, I, I literally 20 years ago, I saw a, a scientist who was working on the visual delay uh, and of, of humans and simians, actually. Um, and uh, there was a, I was playing football at the time, league um, tier 11, um, but also had a background in film and television. I was looking at how light works through a lens. I just hit upon this science about the visual system being delayed by Professor Lindsay Sharp. Um, uh, and I, I had a hypothesis is, well, if it was delayed, what would happen if you put a football or a baseball there? Our um, Professor uh, Lindsay Sharp was based in Newcastle, totally by chance, on a sabbatical. I rang the number, he answered, and I was down in his house about 20 minutes later talking about uh, how uh, the, the visual delay would help uh, an athlete. Um, um, so uh, we did some studies at Durham University to, to, to understand that, and we'll expand a little bit more on that later on. Fast forward 15, 20 years later, uh, we've been researching. Now we've built the system. Not, not from those rudimentary light levels that we created with Professor Shaw, but now we, we, we have these certain steps. We've got a, a journey. Uh, we've come a long way, and now we know um, that we're using the, the vision as a, as a doorway to performance. So that's what Ocular is. We create this, these ambient light levels uh, that, that create this doorway uh, of change for the athlete, and, and, and uh, it, it improves uh, visual processing, and the economy of movement makes them react faster, and it's all done using a biological process. Um, and we'll kind of get into that, and I'm sure in, in time uh, during this interview, and I'll and I'll explain a little bit more about how we do that. But uh, that's essentially what it is. It's a, an ambient uh, a system with ambient light levels that that create change for the athlete. Well, I'm researching for the show, Mel. I mean, you've been a break dancer in the past, footballer, costume designer, film director, and anything else I'm missing. I mean, you've had quite quite varied career path. Um, I mean, why did you keep pushing for Ockley, a project which was really 20 years in the making? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think, um, you know, the, just going back to the initial bit, I, I, was, I was born in 1975. Uh, the, the 80s was a... Uh, uh, and breakdance at the time just came along and hit. It was like a wave of of uh, to everybody in the in the Newcastle in the Newcastle region. And I kind of I was always intrigued by um, by something. Just I, I lived in a council estate, and I was always kind of intrigued by something out of the ordinary because it always seemed to be quite mundane. And and so I would I would almost latch onto something that was that was quite interesting. Um, and and that kind of started with the breakdance. And then I started playing football. I was getting involved in that and and, and hanging around with different people. Um, when I when it came to to Oculo, it was the same feeling. You know, I couldn't, once I came across this science, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I'm, I, I wanted to do something that, that, that could make a difference. And, 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 and I think, and I thought this was kind of my calling. It sounds weird saying that, but I felt like it hadn't been done before. Uh, and, and, and I really just tried to chase it and I couldn't stop it. And somebody once said to me, I, I used to be on Biker Grove. I, I, I used to work on Biker Grove. It was a TV show in the Northeast. And, and one of the main actors in that is a great guy. Um, uh, does a lot of talks now, uh, high high performance talks. And he said, you know, the, the brightest ideas burn bright and they, and they don't stop burning. And, and it was that. And it kind of was always there. And so I really just started to to chase it and and and, and, and really go delve deep into, into the visual performance and what this delay would mean. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I was never going to let it go. I'm, I'm not somebody to, to do that. So I wanted to see it all the way through. Fantastic. And 
I mean, growing up within that time where there are perhaps smell any mentors who encourage you to pursue the extraordinary because as you let as you alluded to there, it can be quite a lonely pursuit at times. Yeah, I think that's that's really uh, again another great question. We, uh, my, I'm an only child, um, and I had me mum and dad were very close knit threesome. It was really, uh, it was really, I had I had a lot of love and uh, and still do, and and, it, and that, that kind of give you the base to to explore those things. To to you, I was never, I was they would they would never say right, you need to go down this path and that's it. You need to follow this. It was always well, just explore that if that's if that makes you happy, and 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 I, and I certainly do that with with my children now, um, uh, and and at the time it was in the 80s Newcastle was quite a, a dark place at times you know especially where we were in Gateshead there was there was the coal mining had stopped um, there was there was a lot of uh, unemployment um, but I think uh, yeah I, I, the, the role models at the time were obviously my mum and dad when that first started and then you um, and they instilled that in me uh, and I've and I've made sure while while I go along my journey I've I, I worked with like-minded people uh, I've got a really good opportunity here and, and to build the business and uh, and to build a business in my eyes so uh, yeah I've just kind of really hung around those in in the filming side I, I kind of got to be creative and, and and express those things so that was always going to be a natural progression and this I feel is kind of a natural progression again and uh, with Oculo I'm, I'm building a business like I would I would build a team in production uh, you know you, you a, a film uh, that's going to win an Oscar will have the best actors the best script the best costume the best design so and it's not rocket science um, but but I'm trying to do that. Pick the best people and put the best people in places where the, where we need them. And I have no ego. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, areas that we need help. Um, and and I've, and I've managed to get the right people in. And I, and I'll continue to do so. That's fantastic. And you know, there's that saying, Mel, that some of the best ideas come from just being outside the herd. And that's typically what you've done. In fairness, when it comes to kind of using these cross pollinatory forces. But you touched on it there about building a team. I mean, obviously, it's a team like no other, right, too, because you're trying to withstand, you know, disapproval, you're trying to innovate at the speed of change. It takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of work. You say it's not rocket science, but how do you approach that process? Do you know, and, that, and that's it, you know, when I, when I came up with this 20 years ago, it was a... a you, you think, oh, I've got a great idea here. This is you. You're opening up something. When we did the, the studies at Durham University, we found we could get them back up to 99 miles an hour, four and a half hours. You go, this is this is a this is fantastic. It's we'll speak to the clubs. They'll go, all right, okay, we'll try that system. You, you think it's going to be a simple process, and then when you actually get into that, uh, now we've we've built the product. We, we've gone out of R and D. We're speaking to the clubs. We've got a great network. Yeah, uh, even still, they, they still say, right, well, okay, well. But, Show show us how it improves. Show us how that how that works, uh, uh, which we've done, and we've we're doing that now. And obviously, we we've got the data to show that. But also, we're creating a whole new area. Vision is untapped. It really is, and uh, and certainly in, in the way that we're doing that, uh, using the vision from the eyes to the brain, brain to muscle, doing it in a contextual environment hasn't been done before. So we have a lot of barriers to to, to break down, and and that that is a it's a relentless pursuit. And and uh, and one that we're not stopping at, and we're and we're, and we're getting over these hurdles. We're, not, we're speaking to some fantastic clubs, and uh, and we've had some fantastic performances. We've just got to continue to do that. And the way to do that is is to um, show that we are the leaders 
envision. So uh, we've got, um, we speak to all of the, 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 the brilliant um, vision experts, Patricia Rodriguez, Daniel Levy, uh, Cheryl Calder. We, we, speak to, we, speak to, we speak to them all and our own vision scientist, Professor Andrew Stockman, uh, is there to back up the science. So we're, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a hard thing to do, um, but I do believe that we're getting there. And once people understand the, the, how important vision is, 80% of the, of the of processing information comes through the eyes, the brain's dedicated to more to vision than it is to any other sense. You, if you can get that right, you, you've, 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 you're going to create this, uh, this next step and, and, and absolutely um, improve the, the athlete significantly. Austin Wenger said the next frontier is the is the brain, and 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 we're using that we I, I, the brain, brain and muscle. So there's a lot of hurdles in our way, but I do believe we we are getting there, um, and being there, using the vision and showing how important vision is is uh, is absolutely key to the to the whole thing. And you touched upon him there, uh, Professor Andrew Stockman and the guys at Durham University who you worked alongside to study how the effects of what your technology has on that visual adaptation i mean what does the research say mel about how this impacts football performance um so the initial hypothesis was okay there's a delay in the visual system we know that we know how it's delayed and there's we know how we do that um the, the studies at durham university that was done with a really rudimentary um visual uh, ambient setting now we have four different steps and we use the color spectrum as the, as the uh, to create the ambient light levels and they have different effects as well so we know the delays between 10 and 25 percent we do four steps within that so it takes it down from 10 percent then a 15 percent then an 18 then around about 23 to 25 uh, percent delay but each level has a, a different um, effect on the eyes. So the blue light level, we, we find that's uh, incredibly good for focus and attention, and that switches the athlete on. We can see that it's almost like flicking a switch. We've had people with ADHD um, uh, and um, who, um, uh, who some don't take medication when they're in inocular. There's something we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. There's a lot of work to be done, but it's incredible. Um, and uh, then you go down the other light levels, green, we're using that a lot for peripheral vision, red for uh, motion and depth perception, and the full ocular, which is the fourth level, for all of the above uh, and more. So there's a, there's a definite step there, but the, we know there's a delay. We know that the um, the athlete is economizing their movement. We can see that they're economizing the movement by around about 20%. So that's a, and this is a, the explosive uh, explosiveness of movement. So when they go in uh, ocular, so say, we, we've done this without external technology. When uh, when they're in normal light levels, the muscles give up an output of a number ten. That's the output. It's a number ten. Uh, it doesn't mean anything to you, but uh, in the context of this, I'll explain. When you go into ocular, it drops to about an eight. Um, so you, that that twenty percent, uh, that's almost matching the, the processing time, is is um, is being taken away in ocular purely because the athlete is finding it more difficult. So the muscles aren't as explosive, but that gradually goes up. But when they go back out into the normal world again after ocular training, the muscle number jumps to a twelve. So that twenty percent that they've banked in ocular, which great manages the workload, which is excellent, is utilised back on the pitch in the normal daylight. So you can see, we can see that marrying up. We use external technology for reaction time. We're seeing up to 40% and reaction time alone. Um, so the, the the numbers are all there and it all marries the science. Uh, and, and also they're, they're looking at the athlete and the athletes themselves will tell you and the coaches and the practitioners, it's, it's clear as day. Yeah, and I think that's a good one to touch upon because I mean, it's on your website, Mel. It's a big mantra of yours that your mission is to turn the marginal gains of elite athletes into exceptional gains, whatever their sport. 
I mean, two questions there. I mean, what does exceptional gains mean and how exactly does the technology work to achieve this? Um, so that when we we did our first studies with Salford City, um, we used uh, the goalkeeper Vaclav Fladiki and the, all of the goalkeeper department through Carlo and Nash. He was excellent. He just kind of uh, he, he took Oculo as a, as a blank canvas, did everything in there. Um, and when we intervened with Vaclav, uh, he was doing okay. Um, but by the end of the season, he, his clean sheet percentage went up for the, the uh, lower thirties, up to fifty percent. So every other game, he was having a clean sheet. Um, um, which is which is great. Um, uh, his save percentage went up to eighty percent. He was saving more. We know he was because he could move quick and he could see he could he could see the ball quicker. Um, so he was doing that. But by the end of the season, he was the second best performing goalkeeper in Europe. Uh, he had the most clean sheets in England with twenty three, um, uh, which is huge, and that massively increased um, from uh, um, our intervening. Um, and then you, you, so that was just him alone. Then and these are all single case studies. But we've had thousands of athletes in there. Uh, then we went to Sunderland. We ended up getting the assistant to Sunderland. We moved in there in February. They've lost six games, I think, in that in that time. It's been multiple managers. Uh, our main case study, Luke Nine, has improved on all of his key metrics. Uh, it's not marginal. We're looking at it's huge increases there. And the uh, goalkeeper Anthony Patterson again when uh, our goalkeepers typically go to a 50% clean sheet and an 80% save percentage because they're saving more um, and they're able to better able to save shots so the the gains aren't small they're mirroring around about the 20% mark uh, which is an improvement in movement and reaction time and and how that is and, and how we do it and how that impacts in sport is is the important question because people asked us that initially when we first started okay so how does training the vision uh, affect and an economy movement effect going on the pitch. What um, by giving the athlete quicker movement and a faster processing time, we're giving them more time to uh, one, the quicker to control the ball, so they can feel that they're, they're controlling the ball quicker, and then they have more time to process and, and create the the right decision and, and and take the right decision. In Oculo, we do we create all of the different light levels, so we have scanning, um, um, peripheral vision, uh, motion depth perception, um, uh, all key to to uh, help improve the vision. And uh, all of that means when they go back on the pitch, because we slow down the game, and it's a natural biological slowing down of the game, uh, they have more time. So they just have more time to do the core tasks that they need to do. And the goalkeepers can save more because they can move quicker and see it. And we're seeing the benefits. We only use really matched that data at the moment to, to quantify how, how Oculus is doing. Not being for goalkeepers, Mel, quite isolated position on the pitch, but you just touched on Luke O'Nine there, an outfield player. And how do you guys measure success for outfield players? Yeah, so we have our internal uh, Oculus score. So we base that on, we, we use a ball machine just to regulate the score. Some people initially, when we first started, they were saying, well, it's just a ball machine, Oculus. Um, it's not, it's actually about the ambient light levels. But we um, uh, we have our own Oculus score, which is based on the ball machine, firing a ball from 30 miles an hour up to 70 miles an hour, if you choose to do that, for an outfield player and a goalkeeper. Um, and we have a control zone, so we can detect if the athlete controls it in the area. And then we have goals all around the arena and targets in a target wall and we can understand we can see if they can finish quickly uh, uh use um, do the scan and look behind and pass it uh, to them behind or we just replicate the game in the contextual movements in oculo and give it a score but we understand that's our internal score and that's and that's fine but it, it, it's not independent uh, of, of, of oculo so we um so we get out. We use outside technology. We were coming across other companies and, and other people were saying well we've got this technology in and we were saying well instead of just 
uh, just saying, well, you know, you should really take Oculus. We're saying, well, no, well, we'll compound that technology. We'll make that technology better because we'll give you the faster vision and the faster movement. Um, and so now we do that and we, we, we've uh, not partnered, but we use a lot of other companies uh, that are external tech to, to quantify that. But the main way of doing that is actually on the pitch with the, with the metrics on the, on the pitch. So, when we had Luke 09, he was coming back from injury. We uh, we did the first case study was to bring him back uh, and to hit the ground running. So he was he had to uh, we had to get him up to speed. They needed him back quickly. They wanted to get promotion, um, and uh, we did within a week when he could kick a ball. He was out on the pitch on the uh, seven days later. He went out on the Tuesday, came on the pitch, looked like he hadn't been away, um, scored the goal five or six minutes later, and then they ended up winning three one. And the next day, the press put in Luke 09 stunning return. Uh, it was in the North, uh, Sunday Echo, and, and we knew I was crying at the at the game. We, we could see that movement. We knew what was going to happen. We could feel that. And Luke said he wished he'd said, you know, that was an ocular goal, and and because um, he certainly felt it. So yeah, I think that there's, we're quantifying a lot of ways. But that our ocular score, the uh, the uh, game um, stats, and our own vision experts will tell you exactly what's happening. And obviously, it's one thing, Mill, having access to your guys' equipment. It's another thing being able to use it in the right and correct manner. I mean, for the, obviously, Sunderland is best case in point. They have their own Oculo lab there. So they've gone all in on you guys. But is there any key common denominator within teams availing of your equipment and their success? Um, and so we we only have at the moment we're new we're, we're really new we launched last year at leaders uh, last november and Sunderland was our first club we needed that first club to to understand it so we could one we could understand how it works within a club and and how and what, it, what it's like to operate within a club and how we link up with all of the departments and at Sunderland we do almost 40 hours a week now it's, it's touching on 40 hours a week from academy to first team so we're seeing this uh, this whole uh, improvement and within that people that are doing more time in Oculo have better metrics. Um, Luke 09 did 220 hours, uh, 220 minutes last month, and his passing percentage is, is up 8%. Um, we've got a new system at, um, at, at a sporting university, I'm not really allowed to say because we haven't put that out yet, which is great. It's a fab, uh, fab system, and we're starting to work with some real key um, sporting associations, so we're seeing, we're starting to see it there. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're new, so we're, we're only releasing Sunderland and Salford City as our as our case studies at the moment. But uh, we are we're seeing those trends within the system, within within the club. The more you use it, the better the better you get. And obviously, you spoke about Luke Nine availing of the equipment for two hundred and twenty minutes. I mean, is there a minimal effective dose? Have you guys studied that in terms of garnering a certain percentage and improvement? Yeah, it is. We 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 have we want at least two 50-minute sessions a week. So we want at least half an hour, optimal time an hour a week if you can get in there. But we, it it takes about three to four weeks to get up to speed. Once you're up to speed, we just maintain. So if we can get a good uh, a good 45 minutes in a week, that we're we're happy with that. But half an hour is is the least that you need, uh, and it, it will get it there three or four weeks, and then just maintain through the light levels and use the light levels when you need it more. So. Um, in we do solo play or we do uh, partnerships. So uh, um, we we had Luke O'Neill. He moved from centre midfield to centre uh, right side of centre half. Came to us and he said, "Right, I'm moving to the position. Uh, I need to understand how I'm going to receive the ball, where I'm going to take it." So we worked on those contextual movements with Inoculo, and then we work with uh, with partners in and around that. So uh, a, a full back or a centre half, where's it going to go? And we work in those real close relationships and and improve that as a whole as well. So um um uh, yeah. Um, I hope that uh, kind of answers the answers the question there. You did, of course, but I mean, 
it's very interesting zooming back out, I suppose, because you touched on that earlier on. I mean, you guys are quite new. You launched at Leaders in Sport last November 2021. You know, yes. it's, obviously, yeah. it's going to be tough to be a disruptor in any industry, right, Mel? But I suppose a better question would be, what would be the one thing that you were not prepared or not expecting to meet in the football industry? Um, I, th- I think I'm from the film industry as well. And so and I've worked in the film and television industry and I know how kind of insular it can be at times. And, and that's not a bad thing because I, I understand that there's, and I understand how it works. And, I'm, and, I, and this isn't really a negative, uh, to be honest. But what, what, we've, what we've found out is that we need to, um, clubs just don't accept it. They'll not just accept the technology and, and nor should they. They shouldn't just go, right, well, we'll just take it because of, of what we say. We, we understand that they need to, to try the system and that's, and that's key. So the main problem for us has been um, actually demonstrating the system to, to clubs because taking the system somewhere is, is a real expensive uh, deal for us. So having the Sunderland, that's why having the Sunderland in this university um, in, in tandem there is, is there to help people go into the system and actually get in there and, and, and actually try it and say it. No matter what we say on the website, no matter what we put out on video, until you get an Oculo, that's when you see it. And, and when we get everybody in, that's where we start to get, make the traction. And everybody who's been in, we still speak to and we're organising and, we, and, we're, and we're moving forward with those clubs. So, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely getting the, getting the traction within the club first and then getting them to trial the, the system. Um, there's definitely been a, a hurdle there, but we are, we're getting there. We've built a great network and clubs have been brilliant, been really receptive to Oculus. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys going into the clubs, right? And I assume it's a two-way street in terms of communication levels. I mean, how do you ensure that remains to be the case that the communication is not only accurate, but also timely and also it's still ongoing between both parties? Yeah, that's a pretty question, Connor. So when we went into Sunderland, we we spoke to all of the departments. We spoke to the medical coaching staff, data analysts, sports science, and we got everybody together and we taught them what Oculo did. We made sure to to brief them and to and to let them know the um, the, the do's and don'ts, the limitations, and the and, and what Oculo can do to each and every player. Then we set personal plans for every player from academy to first team, and we made sure that we worked within the workloads, uh, managed the games, so um, uh, that we have certain times where we put them in game day minus one or plus one, um, uh, and, we, and we really work with the club just to make it really seamless. And in doing so, we've created a, a, a we have protocols within Oculo where we everything is documented, everything's documented, and everything's um, uh, uh, will have clarity from Oculo to the coaching staff. Uh, we're in their environment, so we need to fit into that. I know ProZone did that years ago, uh, 20, 15 years ago. They had a ProZone room. We have the Oculo room, and we and we make that the focal point of everybody, but we make sure that all of the information and everything is passed through and everybody's on board with everything that we do. And that's that's got to be clear. We're working with elite level athletes, um, and uh, and we know how fine-tuned they are. Um, but also the club know how how what we can do and know how, how important we are to the players. So it's been quite an easy to, uh, two-way street. Um, they, they've bought into what we do and they see it. They see the improvements within the club and they see an improvement on the pitch. Fantastic. And I mean, with that being said, Mel, then what would you say, I suppose, would be the one piece of feedback that you guys have taken on board and actually have integrated within your operation? Uh, yeah, I think it's... Um, 
that's a good point. James Young at Sunderland's been absolutely fantastic for us. He was key to us going down there, and um, and he understands. He, he could understand the technology, and he sees the technology, and he's seen the technology in operation, and is absolutely blown away by it. But he but he has said, you know, you've got to uh, our our Oculus score. We've understood that there there needs to be more to that score, um, and taking a lot more information, and we. Um, and also in the way that we write the, the software and how that's going to be integrating with the, with other potential software or other, uh, other potential um, technology coming in and making that easy for the for the club to see. Uh, and it's more from that side and understanding um, how best to um, to show that um, the data and also um, um, to write it and implement it. So I think that's been the biggest thing for us. They've been fantastic on that on that side. Um, when we go to a club. We we we're all ears. We're we're just learning. We're just babies, really, in this in in this in this game. Um. So uh, or, or any information like that has been uh, fantastic, and we and we have no ego within the business. So yeah. Uh, but but I would say that's it. It's more about how we how we kind of define our data and and it's and how it's processed and delivered. And then you know to wrap it up, Mel. I mean, a company so invested in the marginal gains. How are you, and how are the guys at Aklo ensuring that you? remain on top of your game because obviously with vision with the neuroscience the research is still coming out and you know i assume that you guys are robust and resilient enough to adapt and integrate that and move again yeah we and this is um oculus just the beginning of, of what i had in my head anyway and now we're starting to see it's far bigger than not that i imagined it's we we are we've learned a lot more that that, that i didn't expect um, in, in, in other aspects of what's happening cognitively. Um, so we have a, a full strategy for the next five years of where Oculus is going to be from the elite level athletes to um, in the clubs to, to the performance and to, and to the general public for, uh, for some of the things that we're seeing with the ADHD and the other, and the other, um, the other side effects. There's some incredible findings. So there's a, there's a whole uh, strategy around where we get to. Um, but the main where we're going to do that is use utilize the vision experts and be and and we have fantastic information within the company we are we are the leaders in in, in this and in, in, in contextual play through the vision system where where the where the where the company to do that and and we, uh, our main focus is on showing why we are the main company and and and, and get these um vision experts they come a lot of the vision experts are coming to us because they, they see Oculo and they see what it can be. So uh, a lot of the focus will be on um, showing how vision is important in sport and uh, not just important, but um, critical in, in, in human performance. And uh, that's that's my uh, my big push and the company's big push. We're all vested. I've got a great team. Uh, I mean, I get phone calls at 11, 12 o'clock at night, messages at night going, oh, I've just found this. Everybody's so dedicated because we know what we can do. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's our mission to make sure that we that we show clubs and uh, athletes that that um, training an ocular uh, and and train the visual system like this will give them that extra um, that that significant gain. And then for anyone who is wishing to thread a similar path to as yourself, Mel, anyone that has an idea that they wish to bring out into fruition within the footballing industry, what would be the one piece of advice that you'd have for them? Yeah, I think um, what I did the first couple of years was was to was to really um, look at the look at the, the people involved in sports, identify uh, the, the the other technology that's out there, identify the the key players, and 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 build up a network. That's I think that was really important. And build it up in the um, I used I used LinkedIn a lot actually initially to to, to get started, um, but it was actually finding out. Um, 
the industry itself really really hone into that when i when i was filming i used to i, I watched movies we i didn't actually go to university just to, to study filming um, and film techniques i actually just i learned it i, I just I, it was a lot of hard work i just really i was studious and i just uh, i watched movies quentin tarantino said you know um, he went to the the, the the university of film and and, it, and it's and it's it's right um, and i did the same and, and and coming into this this world that i'm in it was it's like it was a different world to what i was used to i just really got honed into into how it operates who are the main operators um uh, who are the people at the clubs that we should be speaking to and just really um getting to know the industry and 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 it's not rockets that isn't rocket science but but it's important to do that homework and i spent two or three years doing that um and that was really important and then you've got to have the energy um to to, to push it through like we all thought you know there's a lot of hurdles but um we just keep going we keep going we know what we've got so it's it is a lot of a lot of hard work and um yeah Mel, this has been a conversation I've been looking forward to a long time. Um, I think it's great to see what yourself and Abdul are doing in the industry, sparking seeds of change, and this conversation hasn't disappointed at all. Where's best for the audience to keep up to date, keep up tabs with you and the company's journey? Uh, first of all, yeah, I have as well, Connor. But, but and, and I think the, the question here has been outstanding. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I think. Um, uh, it's been a, a, a fantastic uh, interview so thank you so much for your time uh, honestly it was brilliant the questions that you asked were outstanding um, uh, follow up you know, on uh, we're, we're, we're really building our YouTube channel now so there's going to be some exclusives on there from the clubs and university and other clubs that we're speaking to we've got a lot, a lot going on in the US now there's something happening um, um, uh, elsewhere that's that's really exciting so there's some real fantastic developments coming up but uh, check out the website we'll be updating that regularly a YouTube channel and uh, LinkedIn we, we use as a, as a major um, part of our social media so yeah thanks for pointing that out and, and thank you so much Connor really and really enjoyed that pleasure is all mine thanks so much Mel all the very best thank you Connor